You're listening to the Fortress Church Audio Podcast. We're a church all about loving God and loving people. Let's listen in to our lead pastor, Randy Garcia, from this past Sunday's message. So open up your Bibles and tune in. Well, today we're going to bring to a close our four-week sermon series entitled, It's Complicated. How many of you know that sometimes life gets that way? And for some of us, we may as well put that in our, in our status, right? It's complicated. But when it comes to serving God, yeah, sometimes it does get complicated. But still, God is in control, right? Part four today, we're going to look at the theme, It's All Good. And it's based on a passage in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Now, before I tell you, I, I got I to tell you this. This this uh, gentleman who who was very um, distraught because he thought he was dying, so he went to the doctor. He says, "Doctor, you got to check me out because everywhere my body I touch, it hurts. I touch my knee and it hurts. I touch my elbow and it hurts. I touch my head and it hurts. I touch my touch my chest and it hurts. I think I'm dying. Everywhere hurts." While the doctor says, "I'll do it. I'll do a checkup." Well, okay, so. So the doctor did a checkup, and he says, came back, he says, I have good news and I have bad news. Well, give me the good news first. The good news is you're not dying. All right. Bad news is you've got a broken finger, okay? <laughs> I think that's why he was hurting all over, huh? His health, it, it was complicated, huh? Well, Joseph's life got complicated. Perhaps you can identify with that. But as we bring this series to a close, in the end, we read Joseph's great attitude. And he says this in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. You intended to harm me. He's talking to his brothers. But God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Wow, what a great attitude. Now, how many know the devil, Satan himself, sometimes comes against us and he wants to bring us down. And his intentions are to harm us. That's his intentions. But how many know God can take that, what the enemy does, and turn it around for the good? Today, we're going to talk about that. It's all good. Heavenly Father, thank you for the privilege we have to be right here in your house. As we prepare ourselves for the teaching of your word, we pray that you would enlighten our minds as well as our hearts, Lord. We pray that we would not only be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. We pray your Holy Spirit's blessing in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Well, today, we conclude our series on the life of Joseph, and um, I'm excited because uh, so many of us, have, including myself, have learned a whole lot of lessons. Let me give you, let me see if I can do a review in 90 seconds of what we've covered in the last three weeks, okay? and make this quick. Can you listen fast? Okay. Joseph was a 17-year-old man we read about in Genesis 37. He loved God. He was favored of his dad. He had some great dreams. His brothers rejected him because of his dreams. First they wanted to kill him. Then they decided to sell him. They saw a band of Ishmaelites going across, and they said, oh, we'll sell him. They sold him for 20 pieces of silver. He ends up in Egypt, a foreign land with a foreign culture, worshiping a foreign uh, false gods. 
But God raised him up to be the right hand under Potiphar, the second in command. Unfortunately, Mrs. Potiphar makes the moves on Joseph. And when Joseph didn't respond because he was a man of integrity, he didn't give in to that temptation. She falsely accuses him of rape. And so because of that, Mr. Potiphar, the husband, throws Joseph in jail. He finds himself in jail for about two years and there uh, he, he finds himself, finally he gets out because he was able to interpret a dream of Pharaoh. And I'm skipping a lot, but that's all right. And so Pharaoh raised him up and the dream dealt with this story that there would be a famine in the land and they needed to prepare themselves for the future upcoming famine. Everything according to those dreams came true. Joseph was right on target. He, God gave him the gift of dream interpretation God was blessing him. So because of all that he did, Pharaoh puts Joseph and appoints him as a prime minister of Egypt, second in command. And then years later, the famine actually happens, but they are prepared thanks to Joseph. They are prepared to handle the famine. And people from all over the, the region and even other countries came in to get wheat and, and, and grain and, and resources and food because they were not prepared for the famine. So sure enough, here comes his brothers who about, most people say 25 to 30 years later, uh, you know, they, or they, they meet up with each other even after they, they sold him. And so they don't recognize Joseph. He's the one handling all the grain. He's a prime minister. Joseph had a decision to make. Do I forgive them or do I get back at them? He makes the right choice. He forgives and there's a family reunion and this is where we pick up because we're coming to an end of the story. And uh, I just want to give you a few principles that we can learn from Joseph's story. Principle number one is this. It's all good because God has the final word. Do I hear an amen to that? Does anybody here believe that God has the final word? Did Joseph have some troubling times? Yes, he did. But the Lord was with them every moment. If you read in Genesis 39.2, Scripture says, The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered and he lived in the house of the Egyptian master. Was he in a foreign land? Yes, but God raised him up. God was with him. We read in Genesis 39.20-23, through 23, here's an account where Joseph finds himself in prison, and yet it was there in prison that God raised him up. God raised up Joseph to be the man that he called him to be. And, and of course, uh, it said, let me read the, verse 23. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. You know what that tells you? Wherever God places you, you do the best job you can possibly do for the honor and glory of the Lord. Okay, Joseph was in prison, but he, he made the best of it. He honored God. That means wherever God has us in the workplace, some of you think, the workplace is your prison. No, no, don't think that, okay? But if you're in the workplace, be the best worker you can be. Honor God in the workplace. Be an, a, an example of Jesus Christ where, where you're at. And guess what happens? God places his favor upon you, and you're going to experience more of God right there where God has you. That's what happened to Joseph, and that's what can happen to you and I. Never forget that the workplace is a great place for you to share your faith and be an example of what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Joseph's life got complicated, really complicated. Yet through it all, I never read in Scripture that he complained to God, nope, or that he gave up on God, nope, 
or that he wanted to retaliate against those who hurt him. Nope, Scripture never says any of that. See, one of the lessons that we learn from Joseph is this. You can't always control what people do to you, but you can control how you respond. So we get to the final chapters of Joseph's story, and we read that there was a purpose for God to raise up Joseph to prominence in Egypt. Behind the scenes, God was already planning a family reunion. Oh, I love this, okay? Little did Joseph know that God was working behind the scenes. You see, because was it a coincidence that God blessed Joseph with the gift of dream interpretation? I don't believe it was a coincidence. God knew exactly what Pharaoh needed, would need a few years later. Was it a coincidence that Pharaoh called on Joseph and ended up granting Joseph favor to raise Joseph up to be the prime minister? That wasn't a coincidence. That was the hand of God. God was working behind the scenes. Was it a coincidence that there was a famine in the land and that Joseph's family would need some grain and some food? I don't believe it was a coincidence. You see, God was working behind the scenes because God was planning a family reunion. Isn't that cool? And uh, God was putting everything together because God has the final word. And I do believe God is working behind the scenes in your life as well. You may not know it. You may not know what's coming. But I want to believe that when you're serving God, you may find yourself in a prison, in a dungeon. You may find yourself in in a pit as Joseph did before he was sold into Egypt. But I'm telling you this. God has the final word. And God is working behind the scenes of your life. And he's putting everything together. He is putting everything together together. And uh, reminds me of the story of, of Jimmy. Jimmy's health was failing him, and he was told the, the news that he had to go through dialysis treatment. And at first, he was really sad, having to deal with these major health issues. But as the treatments began, he realized that God had a purpose in it all. He writes this. He says, you see, when I'm, on the, uh, when I'm in a room with other people, sitting in a room with other people, where we are all hooked up to dialysis machines. He says, this is terrific. It gives me an opportunity to share my faith and tell others what God has done in my life, and they can't get up and walk away from the conversation. These are people who are hurting. They have questions about life, questions about God. Many of them have given up on life. What a terrific opportunity that God has given me. (laughs) Uh, Isn't that a great attitude? You know, can God use something negative for something good? What the devil intends for harm, can God turn around for the good? He sure can. That's the way God works. And he wants to do that in you and me. By the way, this week our Digging Deeper Notes is called The Final Word. So if you want to copy those back at the Connection Hub, these are Digging Deeper Notes, and you're welcome to take a look at that because I do believe, I I wish I could go another 30 minutes, but they're in the Digging Deeper Notes about how God always has the final word in what you're going through. So Joseph declares these words, you intended to harm me to his brothers, but God intended it for the good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Now, I love this Genesis 50, 20 principle, but it's very closely related to a Romans 8, 28 principle. You got the Old Testament, you got the New Testament. I love the way they flow together because Paul says this in Romans 8, 28, and you notice the similarity 
And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. In other words, Joseph says, it's all good. Paul in Romans 8.28 says, it's all good. God works everything out for the good. It's all good if you trust God. For those who, 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 who love God, is there anybody here who loves God? Is there anybody here who's in a relationship with Jesus Christ? Well, if you are, then everything's going to work together for the good. And you're able to say, you know what? Yeah, I may be facing some difficult times, but it's all good. It's all good. Life may be complicated, but you know what? It's all good. Number two, it's all good because it's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. Yesterday was a great day for the people of Sutherland Springs Baptist Church. I don't know if you saw on the news as I did, but uh, they had a groundbreaking uh, service for the launching of their new church building. Perhaps you know that exactly six months ago, 26 weeks ago, there was a terrible shooting in Sutherland Springs, Texas, not too far from here. And uh, here they are, a a groundbreaking service for a great, uh, great future that they have. And I'm here to tell you, uh, I loved, I was watching, caught myself watching about 30 minutes of it. And, and one particular, so many good things, but Senator Ted Cruz got up there, and he was almost preaching, but I don't know if you saw that, but he said this. Let me quote him from yesterday. He says, to the, to the members of Sutherland Springs Baptist Church, the entire world saw the gospel through you. The horror you went through, Satan meant for evil, but God can and will use for good. Wow. I, I, I love that. Amen. Is it complicated what this church had to go through? Yes. 26 people were, I may use the word, martyred six months ago by the, 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 gun, the gunman, but yet God is turning what the devil is inter- has intended for harm, and now God is raising up these people. Great testimonies of her time and time again from yesterday's service. That's what God does. Now, I'm going to go a step further as we look at this, because as we look at this theme, it's all, it's all good because it's, it's all about Jesus. Joseph is a type of Jesus. What do I mean by a type of Jesus? Well, he's a reflection of Jesus, and I want to show you what I mean. Now, I'm not saying that Joseph is the Savior of the world. Please don't misunderstand me. Jesus is our Lord and Savior. Amen? And no one goes to the Father except through Jesus. But you see, Joseph is a great type, or I should say a reflection of the character of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Kind of like you and I can be as well. No, we're not the Savior of the world, but we can reflect who the Savior is in us, right? See, let me give you a few examples. Joseph was loved and favored by his father. Jesus was loved and favored by his father. Joseph shared his dreams, and he was rejected. Jesus shared the gospel truth, and he was rejected. People wanted to kill Joseph. People wanted to kill Jesus. Crucify him, they proclaimed. Joseph was forced to leave his land and go to Egypt. He had no choice in the matter. He was sold shortly after Jesus was born. When he was a baby, Herod wanted to kill all the newborn boys. So where did Joseph? Uh, uh, Where did Joseph and Mary in the New Testament and Jesus have to go? They had to flee. You can read in Matthew 2, to Egypt. Hmm, Coincidence? (laughs) Joseph was sold by his brother Judah. Jesus was sold by his disciple Judas. Joseph 
was falsely accused and thrown into prison. Jesus was falsely accused and placed on a cross. Joseph had two men by his side, one good and one bad. In Joseph's case, it was a cupbearer and a baker. One died, one lived. Jesus, when he was on the cross, had two men on his side, one good, one bad. One died, one in eternal damnation. The other one lived and saw Jesus in paradise. You see the correlations here? Joseph forgave, and so did Jesus. Joseph was used by God to save his people during a great famine. Jesus was used by God and is being used by God to save you and I from spiritual death. What I'm saying is it's all good because it's all about Jesus. And here's what I want to tell you. When we look at Joseph, we see Jesus. When people look at you, do they see Jesus? Life can get complicated for you as well, but just remember, in the end, everything should point to Jesus in your life and your relationship with him. And when it does, it's all good. Number three, it's all good because we are blessed. We are blessed. And I want to take a few minutes to talk about how Joseph ends his story in the context of the blessings of God. Now, if you read with me, in fact, I do want to turn to Genesis 48, verse number 8. We see, let me draw the, the background here. Once after, after the family reunion takes place, Joseph forgives his brothers. There's a family reunion Dad Jacob makes his journey over there. Benjamin joins him. And uh, there's more details there that I won't get into. But the family reunion takes place. Joseph does not quit his job as a prime minister of Egypt and go back to live in his dysfunctional family. No, he raises his family up to where he is at in prominence and blessing and favor of God. See, that's the thing we need to do. When God raises us up, don't lower yourself to retaliate against others. We talked about this last week. Instead, bring others to where you are at in the favor of God. I'm here to tell you today that we can follow Joseph's example. And so the family actually moved to Egypt, and Joseph took care of them. Even Pharaoh said, hey, whatever your family needs, they're going to consider themselves blessed here in Egypt. So they were blessed. So years and years go by, and now Jacob who God changed his name to what? Israel, was in his old age getting ready to die. So Joseph wanted his his dad to bless his sons. He wanted his sons to have grandpa's blessing. So let's read in verse 8 of Genesis 48, because this blessing is so important, and I want us to understand. When Israel, Jacob, saw the sons of Joseph, he asked, "Who, who are these? Remember, his eyes were failing him. These are the sons God has given me here, Joseph said to his father. Then Israel said, bring them to me so I may bless them. Now Israel's eyes were failing because of his old age and he could hardly see. So Joseph brought his sons close to him and his father kissed them and embraced them. Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face again. And now God has allowed me to see your children too. Then Joseph removed them from Israel's knees And bowed down with his face to the ground. And Joseph took both of them, Ephraim on his right towards Israel's left, and Manasseh on his left towards Israel's right, and brought them close. 
But Israel reached out his hand and put it on Ephraim's head, though he was the younger, and crossing his arms, he put his left hand on Manasseh's head, even though Manasseh was the firstborn. Now, let me stop right here. What's happening here? The blessing is underway. Now, there's a tradition, there was a tradition that only the older boy would get the blessing. Or some would say the older son would get the double blessing, or at least 50% of the blessing, then everybody else had to split the other 50%. That was the tradition. So if you were an older son, man, you got it all. But if you were any, any one of the others, no, you wouldn't get anything. But here's the cool thing about what happens in this story that literally changed the history of mankind. Because in the blessing, the dad or the grandpa in this case would place his hand over the son or over the daughter. So picture, if, let's just say I was grandpa Israel, Jacob. And Joseph brings his two sons, bows before his, his dad, brings his two sons, who were Israel's grandsons. He puts Manasseh right here in front of Jacob's right hand, because this is the hand of the greater hand, right hand is known as a hand of power, the hand of authority, puts him right here. Then Joseph puts his younger son Ephraim on, on his dad's left hand, which is the lesser hand, and he brings him for the blessing. But as we read in scripture, Grandpa Jacob, Grandpa Israel does something very unique. He crosses his hands. And, he, and, and he, he wasn't doing the Des Bryant thing, okay? He crosses his hand, and he puts, he puts this right hand of authority over the younger one, Ephraim. And he puts the left hand, which is supposed to be, once again, tradition, the lesser hand over the older one. And he prays a blessing. Now, if you go on to read here, Joseph, no, 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 Dad. No, 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 no. you got to understand, Dad. I put the older one on your right hand. Israel, Jacob says, yeah, I know. I got it. It's all good. It's all good. I know what I'm doing. And, and, and why would he do that? Well, I got to tell you, there are some traditions that need to be thrown out. And I'm here to tell you right now that that tradition of just the older brother getting blessed or the older one getting a double blessing and the other one's a lesser blessing, that tradition needed to be thrown out. Because in God's eyes, we are all blessed. Whether we're old or young, whether we're firstborn or a baby of the family or middle child, we are all blessed in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? So they needed, they needed to understand and comprehend why did Grandpa Jacob cross his hands? He says, you know, away with this tradition. Now, there's some good traditions. Don't get me wrong. There's some good traditions that we have, but some traditions are not biblically based. It's just, well, we did this because... Um, Grandma did it. We did this because Dad did this. I don't know why. Some, sometimes we do traditions and have no, they have no reason behind it. That's an example. Now, some traditions are really good. Don't say, Pastor Andy says, throw away all traditions. I'm not saying that, okay? Got to determine, is this of God? Grandpa Jacob threw out that tradition. He says, I want to bless the younger. I want to bless the older. We're all going to be blessed because from generation to generation, the name of the Lord God Almighty is to be lifted up. Amen. So it says, verse number 15, Then he blessed Joseph and said, and this is to his son, May the God before whom my fathers Abraham and Isaac walk faithfully, the God who has been my shepherd all my life to this day, the angel who has delivered me from all harm, may he bless these boys. May they be called by my name and the names of my fathers Abraham and Isaac, and may they increase greatly on the earth. 
When Joseph saw his father placing his right hand on Ephraim's head, he was displeased. So he took hold of father's hand to move it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Joseph said to him, no, my father, this is the firstborn. Put your right hand on his head. So literally it says Joseph physically moved his dad's hand and, and, and to do that. But then Jacob, grandpa, said, no, 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 it's all good. I know what I'm doing. What I'm saying is sometimes people may not understand that you have the favor of God, but God says, it's all good. I've got you covered. My son, my daughter, you have my favor. You have the blessings of God Almighty. It's all good. Others may say, that's not the way you do things. Tradition may say, no, no, you got to do it this way. But God says, no, I'm going to bless you. And today is a new day, a fresh day. And I want to pour out my spirit upon you right now. Are you ready to receive what God has for you? And it doesn't matter it doesn't matter if you're the firstborn it doesn't matter if you're the baby of the family I'm the baby of the family so I love this story okay <laughs> But it doesn't matter if you're a middle child a second child a fourth child it doesn't matter we are all blessed in the name of the Lord. It doesn't matter what, what uh, ethnic ethnicity you have. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. God says, I'm going to cross all boundaries because I want to bless you. You are a son. You are a daughter of the Most High God. And you are blessed of the all, God Almighty. And this is what God wants for you. And I. Uh, he wants to bless you. And today, I want you to receive what God has for you. You have the favor of God. You have the favor of God. You are blessed. You're not lucky. I said you're blessed. Some people believe in luck. I don't believe in luck. I don't believe that I'm lucky. I believe that I am blessed and highly favored of God. Scripture says that every good and perfect gift comes from where? From the Father above. So we are blessed. It's not luck. I don't need a good luck charm. All I need is a Holy Spirit. I don't need a lucky rabbit's foot. All I need is a presence of God. Amen. We are blessed of God. People sometimes ask me, how are you doing? And instead of saying I'm good, I just say I'm blessed of God. I am blessed. Will you acknowledge the favor of God? How many of you have heard this phrase, guilty by association? Yeah, uh, that, most people assign that little phrase because sometimes we hang out with the wrong people and we get in trouble. How many of you, when you're in high school, hang out with the wrong, hung out with the wrong crowd and got yourself in trouble? Yeah, guilty by association. Maybe you didn't do anything wrong. In fact, I read an article, and I don't know if, uh, how true it is or how accurate, but up to almost 30% of the young men who are incarcerated right now are, in, are incarcerated because they didn't do the crime, but they were there when the crime was committed. Maybe there was some drugs in the car and they didn't know it, but because their buddy had placed it there, they were also incarcerated, guilty by association. And that's not good. Well, I'm going to tell you something, the opposite, the flip side to that. I'm going to say you and I can be blessed by association. What do I mean by that? When I place myself in a position not to be in the wrong crowd, but when I place myself to be under the umbrella of God's protection with the people of God, with the family of God, I am blessed by association, no longer guilty by association, but blessed because I am in the right place under the umbrella of God's protection, under the umbrella of God's blessing, I am blessed by association. Amen. I want to be associated with God. Despite the fact that his brothers hated him, Joseph had the favor of God. 
despite the fact that Joseph ended up in prison, he had the favor of God. Some of you may say, well, that doesn't sound like favor. Well, yeah, because the story wasn't over. God had the final word. Some of you going through some difficult times right now, I'm going to say this right now, your story's not over. God has the final word. God raised up Joseph because he was a man of integrity and forgiveness. I love this quote from Stephen Blandino. He says this, Joseph's position didn't change his purpose. His character wasn't replaced by corruption. His power didn't lead to pride. God refined him in the furnace and could now trust him in the palace. Can God trust you? Life is complicated. Life doesn't turn out the way we plan it to. But can we have Joseph's attitude? Oh, devil, you intended harm to harm me, but God intended it for the good, to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. Now, we've come to the end of Genesis. That's the last chapter, chapter 50. We've come to the end of Joseph's story. But I'm going to say this. Although this is the end of Joseph's story, it's not the end of Joseph's legacy. There's a difference. Our story is going to end the day we die on this earth. But our legacy doesn't end. Joseph's legacy goes on and on. How in the world would Joseph leave such a powerful legacy? His life was complicated, very complicated. So how did he do it? Well, I kind of like to summarize what Joseph did in all this story in four words. What did he do? He loved God and he loved people. He forgave those who hurt him. He had integrity. He loved God. He had a relationship with the Lord. And he developed a powerful legacy. My friend, you and I have the opportunity. You and I have the privilege of um, carrying on a godly legacy. And it all begins in the decisions we make today. Because your story is still being told. As I like to say sometimes, some of you who are in the midst of a, of a difficult situation, maybe you're in the middle of a crisis, maybe you've been attacked by the enemy, and you, maybe this week was a, was a terrible week for you some ways. I'd like to tell people, you know what? You are in the middle of your testimony. <laughs> you're in the middle of your testimony because uh, God has a final word. Do you believe that? It's all good. Would you stand with me? As we prepare for a time in prayer, I'm going to have for you four prayer points here on the screen. Let me review them as we prepare for a time because I, I want all of us to spend some quality time in prayer today. Number one, ask God to give you the ability to love and forgive those individuals who have hurt you. Number two, thank God for the complications in your life that are bringing you spiritual growth. What? Thank God for the challenges? Yeah, Life gets complicated. Can we thank God for that? Number three, as you deal with life's complications, ask God to give you the spiritual vision to see that he is in control and working behind the scenes of your life. And number four, commit to place yourself under the lordship of Jesus Christ and therefore position yourself for God's favor and blessings. Are you ready for that? Would you bow your head? Would you close your eyes? And just for a moment, I'm going to ask you, is Jesus Christ Lord of your life? Because that's where it all begins. A personal relationship with the Son of God. We're not here to promote 
a church or denomination. We're here to tell you about Jesus Christ because that's the way we gain eternal life in heaven. If there's any doubt in your mind, any doubt in your heart, whether or not Jesus is Lord, today you can solidify your eternal life. Maybe you want to lift up your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I want, I, I want Jesus to be my Lord and Savior. I want to live for him from this day forward. Amen. Others of you have walked into God's house and you have one challenge after another and you feel like the enemy's on the attack. The enemy's trying his best to harm you. Would you join with me in agreement to believe that God, what the enemy intends for harm, God is turning around for the good. Are you in agreement with that? Maybe you're going through a difficult time and you just need somebody to pray for you. Maybe you just want to lift up your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Things have been complicated in my life. Things have gotten complicated, and I want to trust God that he has the final word. We're going to open up these altars. There are prayer partners to my right and to my left, and we would love the privilege of praying with you, praying over you, praying in agreement with you. And, or maybe you want to get alone with God. You can do so as well. Here the altar at the front is, is open because some of you just want to spend some time with the Lord. Maybe you want to come by yourself. Maybe you want to bring someone with you. That's perfectly fine. But for the next few minutes, we're going to trust in God that he's got everything in the palm of his hands, that it's all good. Life may be complicated, but God has the final word. I want you to join me here at the altar. Would you take a few minutes to come and pray?